The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations from J. Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, J. Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am Jay Taylor. 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. That was a song that was sung and written in the 1950s, and it applied to the West Virginia coal miners at that point in time. Now, however, I believe that all of us Americans are, in a sense, like those coal miners, we're one day older and deeper in debt, indebted not to that company store, but to a much, much bigger company store called the Federal Reserve Bank. In essence, every time the Federal Reserve Bank goes in and bails out another bank, guess what? We all have more debt piled on our shoulders and on the shoulders of our grandchildren as well. That is true because whenever debt, whenever a bailout occurs, money is created out of nothing. Well, not exactly nothing. It's created out of debt because we have liability money that is, by definition, debt money. So every time the Federal Reserve creates money, it creates debt, and it piles it on our shoulders. One way or another... This terrible situation that we find ourselves is going to be resolved, whether it is through the fires of hyperinflation or a deflationary depression as of the 1930s or even worse. I don't know which way it's going to go yet, but it's not going to be easy because the Federal Reserve knows only one policy. That's the Keynesian solution, and that is to create more of the very thing that got us into trouble to start with. Now, which way we go, if it's inflation or deflation, is very, very important because it's going to have everything to do with how we invest our money. If we go into a hyperinflation, we're going to want to own tangible assets, and it would then even make sense to borrow money since you'll be paying it back with cheaper dollars in the future. If, on the other hand, we deflate, then gold and cash and staying out of debt will be very, very important, uh, owning gold and cash and avoiding debt. Now, last week when we talked to Congressman Paul, I think he made it fairly clear that he believes the direction is towards inflation. 
And I'm certainly not ruling that out. I think that's very possible. I think he made the point that one way or another, the Fed can certainly inflate, and they have all the mechanisms in place to do it, and Bernanke has said he will do it. So I think we have to keep an open mind. However, either way, we want to be as nimble as possible so that we uh, can so that we can be free to invest in the kind of things that will do best for us. For now, what I see is uh, a bear market rally, notwithstanding today's decline of about 100 points in the Dow. I see that we are in a bear market rally that could last for a few months and then likely to see a very devastating decline in the equity markets uh, probably in the fall uh, of this year, if not sooner. Indeed, our guest for next week is going to be Dr. Robert McHugh, and he will explain why he thinks that we are on the verge of what he calls, and I use his words, a cataclysmic nation-changing event to correct the bull market that began in 1718. In other words, Dr. McHugh is not calling for something that is even as bad as the 1930s, but potentially something that's much worse than that. Well, the purpose of this uh, radio broadcast and the purpose of my newsletter is not to create sensationalism, but really to look for the truth so that we can best protect our, protect our families and hopefully even make some money in the future to increase our wealth if that's possible. We certainly believe that if we understand the nature of the problem, we have a much better chance of doing that than if we, uh, if we go into it blindly and if we follow the status quo and the ideas that are given to us by the mainstream. We've done quite well over the years. As the advertisement notes, we have doubled our money while the S&P has lost 50% of its money since 50% of its value since 2000. So far this year, our gold stocks are up about 35% on average. So we're doing something right, that's for sure. I think what we need to recognize is that we have a broken currency system. It's a system that is in big, big trouble. The monetary system, the U.S. dollar-based monetary system is in big trouble. If you are in a house that catches fire, or if you're in a house that's been condemned because it might fall in on you, the last thing you do is hang around and wait to see what happens. Likewise, the last thing we can afford to do, afford to do as investors and as citizens is to hang around and sit inside a broken currency system. We need to exit that currency system as soon as possible. Today's special guest is Pat Gorman, and Pat will help us learn how we can exit the paper money system and get in to real money. Real money determined not by politicians and lawmakers, but by centuries of markets. The markets have dictated that gold and silver is money because it has been created by God for that purpose. It just really works that way. It has all the properties that make it money. So the markets have chosen gold and silver, not paper. But before we get to Pat, more immediately we want to talk to a really good friend from Athens, Greece, Lena Monasaridis, who's with us. Uh, Lena, are you there? Hello, Jay. I'm here. Oh, nice fantastic. To the show again. <laughs> fantastic. And I would uh, have all of you go to Lena's website at spikecharts.com, spikecharts, that's S-P-I-K-E-C-H-A-R-T-S.com, to learn more about Lena's uh, excellent work. Lena, before we, uh, before we came on the air here, we talked a little bit about uh, recent dollar weakness and some recent strength in commodities and the equity markets. And you related it sure. to, to risk appetite, an increased risk appetite. Would you care to elaborate on that a little bit for our listeners? Sure, Jay. Um, in the recent days, we have seen risk appetite returning um, is back. I mean, risk appetite is back for now, and that can easily be spotted in futures. Okay, fair enough, today the futures are down, but that is 
because we had quite a bad numbers for retail sales and the producer price index as well, where they gave us quite bad numbers and the forecasts were actually quite good. So traders are um, low on confidence once again today, and therefore the stocks are down. However, recently, last week, for example, uh, we saw uh, equities and futures up, and we saw investors actually a bit more happy about things and a bit more positive about the economic future. Okay. Today, however, we um, heard Bernanke and Obama both had speeches, and they said that fundamentally the economy will recover sooner rather than later. And the first earnings results were actually good yesterday from Citigroup, and they, um, basically the whole um, confidence and market sentiment was up. However, the risk appetite, as I said to you earlier, although rising in the coming weeks, is quite still fragile, and today we witnessed that, as we said both uh, Jay earlier, that it's quite fragile because the minute we get some bad economic data, the risk aversion comes in, mm. and the stocks are down again, and the gold is up, and here we go. Again, it's like a vicious circle, really, <laughs> as we can as we can um, witness, witness, witness that. So basically, the dollar has indeed weakened uh, last week and yesterday and also today against the euro and the pound, and that was due to a uh, rise in risk appetite. However, already and always, on the back of traders' minds, is a risk aversion. And the minute that things are not well and the economic data still to, uh, continue to disappoint, then um, investors still turning to the greenback as a safe haven currency. Yeah, it seems perverse to me, Lena. You know, you would think that uh, the opposite should be true. If if things are booming in the United States, then the dollar should be strong. But it's it seems so perverse. It is. It is. It, it is quite. And you know, this the, the main fault of that is the whole crash, the market crash that happened in September. Yeah. And since then, the fundamentals used to work nicely. Don't you agree with me, Jay? Yeah, I think uh, that's right. Had... Uh, so you know, Lena, yeah. our concern basically long term, and we are long term oriented. I know and realize you're a trader, so we like to get you know, have you check the heartbeat of the markets in the sh- in the short term intervals, but. What is your sense longer term for the dollar and for gold and for the rest of the currencies? Okay, sure. I mean, as, as you know, I am a, a currency trader indeed, and uh, I like to watch the market daily and have a more short-term outlook. However, if you look at the markets for long term, uh, as we are now and how we're going to be in the future, I personally think that the dollar, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I will say that I think the dollar is quite doomed to fail. And one day investors will wake up and they will realize that fundamentals are not, you know, good and uh, the situation of the U.S. Uh, economy is not good and uh, the dollar will start to get sold off across the board and not being used as a safe haven currency status anymore, like the yen is as well. And also about the gold. Um, the gold in recent days uh, fell and that was because, obviously, we talked about the optimism in currency uh, and in other markets. Therefore, when the stocks are appreciating, the gold falls. However, I believe long-term that the gold will rise again, Jay, because the situation will deteriorate, and um, the stock market, as you said, probably in, in equities as well, will fail around fall, around September, October. They will start again the downturn, and gold will rise once again. Well, you know, Lena, you mentioned that uh, you hate to say it, the dollar is doomed, but frankly, throughout history, there's never been a paper currency that survived. The only currency, the only monetary system that really has sure. remained intact for centuries is that based on real money, intrinsically uh, money that has intrinsic value, namely gold and silver. Lena, we're going to have to 
leave it at that for this week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Sure. We're going to have to get on to our next guest. So okay, I'll, I'll well, see you next week, and uh, hopefully you, you and I will chat before then. Absolutely. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Lena. Uh, next uh, up is Pat Gorman. He's going to give us some advice on buying gold and silver, of course. But before we go to break, I must tell you about Pat's wealth protection uh, program on uh, 2009. It's at Tempe, Arizona. Going to be some excellent speakers there, including myself, Roger Wiegand, Richard Mayberry, Arch Crawford, Ian McAvity, Dr. Janice Dorn, Pat Gorman, and many more. Space is limited, limited so be sure that you call 800-494-4149. 800-494-4149 to secure your place at this very, very interesting and I think essential show to attend. We'll be right back with Pat Gorman. Don't go away. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to jtaylor at miningstocks.com. That's the website for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm here with Pat Gorman. He is the president of Resource Consultants. It's a coin-dealing company, a company that sells precious metals coins. And, Pat, welcome to my show. Well, thanks for having me, Jay. Pat, I'd like to start by asking you what drew you into this industry, into the uh, gold and silver industry. It's certainly something that people, more and more people are interested in these days, but how did you get involved with it, and what are your, uh, what are your thoughts about the industry right now? Well, first of all, I mean, I've, it's been my life. My father took me to my first coin show when I was nine years old. My father, back in the... Uh, 50s and 60s was one of the original free market thinkers. You know, he, he's the one that taught me everything that, that people are now starting to talk more and more about the free market and how things are going. Anyway, I had uh, gone different directions after, uh, after college and then I, uh, then I got hurt. I was very active in things and I got physically hurt and uh, I started into this business full time almost 30 years ago. Hmm. And uh, just loved it and went out basically like everybody else, an entrepreneur, went out on my own about 13, 14 years ago. And we have a a very active uh, precious metals brokerage firm. We deal in physical delivery of gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rare coins, buy and sell. Um, you know, all day long, we've been doing it. Uh, we, it's, we're at the same time, we're a small family company. The whole, my whole company is myself, my wife, my two daughters, and Maria. And, uh, we do a lot of business. We're recommended by a lot of different newsletter writers. Uh, but we look at education before acquisition because we believe, from all the years I've been doing this, Jay, we believe that, uh, 
there's a lot of people out there that have their best intentions in, in mm-hmm. for their agenda on making a commission than the best intentions of the person putting away gold for an insurance purpose. Sure. No, I could understand that. I think that uh, education is really what this show is all about, Pat. So we want to understand what the real cause of the current economic malaise is uh, so that we can do something about it. You know, if we can properly diagnose a problem, then we're in a better position to do something about it to protect ourselves. And I, I know that that's, that that's what you think as well. But I would like to get your thoughts about the glo- about our economy right now. You know, things are not very good. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that. Could you give our listeners some sense of what your view is on the economy and the markets and where people should be right now, where they should be putting their money right now as uh, you know as we move through this this well first point. of all you know thanks but first of all i think people have to and i see people changing all the time to this thought process but there's times in cycles that you need to look out and say i'm going to i'm going to invest this money or i'm going to put this money in this cycle because i want to get some good return on my money you know you went through the you know uh, you know the tech boom you went through the housing boom you went through this and this and people were investing or parking money places that they thought they could get a big time return and i see people now <laughs> More worried, I guess, or what they really should be concerned of going forward from here, Jay, is the return of their money. Absolutely. You know, when you look at gold, all you really have to do, folks, it's easier for everybody if you study history because history is the best teacher of anything. Never in in any civilization, government-run history, have you gone forward with socialism and had the country prosper. It's never happened before, so why is it going to happen again, Jay? Well, I don't know, but it's certainly the policy that's being uh, proposed now, I I think. uh, What can you call it? Anything other than socialism that's being proposed, uh, bailing out everybody that's unable to pay their mortgages, Pat. You know, the direction we're heading? The greatest country in the world. From 1945 to 2005, the United States of America. Right. It was the greatest place to look outside your window, and you could do anything no matter who you were if you were willing to have some discipline and work hard. See, you know, my, I have a motto, and, and, and anybody that wants to give us a call, I'll send the newsletters out. I'll send an educational packet out for free. And my motto in life to be successful, folks, and anything you do is only two words, discipline and gratitude. Those two words will let you be successful at anything you want. And gratitude, I think, Jay, is the most important. I couldn't disagree with you there, Pat. What are your thoughts on, on, the, on the economy right now with respect to inflation or deflation? You know, one of my concerns has been that either of these problems could occur because of the enormous amount of money that's being created right now. We're seeing clearly the economy right now uh, showing signs of deflation, you know, where the, an unwinding of the credit bubble, if you will, sure. in the housing sector, in the equity sector. What are your thoughts now in terms of where we're headed? Are we, do you see inflation or deflation a bigger concern? And that's the first question. And secondly, uh, you know, what's best to own uh, in either of those scenarios? Well, first of all, when anybody asks me inflation or deflation right now, Pat, the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, you really look at it. You're not an overall deflation, and you're not an overall inflation. You know, if you really look inside of it, what you're really see, continuing to see is now it's, it's starting to become broader, but you're seeing the deflation in the wants. You know, everything in our life is wants and needs. Mm-hmm. The wants are, are getting cheaper and cheaper mm-hmm. and cheaper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my... My health insurance just went up yeah. again. You know, there's many things that are going up. You know, the older, you know, the retired people in America, their costs are rising. They would argue with you for their needs mm-hmm. are not getting mm-hmm. cheaper. You follow me? Indeed. Okay. They're both 
can be bad type situations. They can, you know, deflation is the worst of all situations. The government does not like deflation because they can't control deflation. They can, they think they can control inflation. But you cannot create money out of thin air time and time again, again, back to history without causing your currency to be worth less. Currency worth less is what? Go to Webster's Dictionary. Inflation, an increase in the monetary supply, okay? Deflation, a decrease in the monetary supply. And what are we doing right now? So, yes, we're going through deflation, but we could turn on a V-curve to inflation Anytime. Anytime. That's, uh, so I guess then the question, Pat, is what do we do to protect ourselves against either of these events? I mean, we're in a deflationary period. Yes, I agree with you that in terms of discretionary items, there is some downward, pre- uh, uh, downward pressure in prices, but the things we have to have, as you're saying, are, are relentlessly rising. So the question is how do we protect ourselves now uh, as Americans? Well, that's the, the, the key word that you use is protect. How do we protect ourselves? That's where we started the conversation, return of our money, which is return of our purchasing power. As long as in the next five years, if I can afford as easily a dinner with my wife as I afforded last weekend, uh, I'm one of the few successful ones in America. I believe that. So it's return of your money and return of your purchasing power. And whether that's inflation or deflation, that's going to be gold. Mm -hmm. History will tell us it's going to be gold and physical gold. There's paper gold out there, but paper markets can be suspect. If you look, you know, uh, year over year, 2007 to 2008, physical gold was one of the best performing assets to own. Well, I could argue that it has been again, Pat. If That's you look right. at gold uh, since the Lehman Brothers uh, collapsed last September, gold right. buys three times more oil. It buys twice as much copper, twice as much of the Rogers Raw Materials Fund. It buys a heck of a lot more stocks That's right. the Dow Jones than it did back then because the equity market continues to decline. Uh, I guess what we want to do, Pat, is we want to get into some practical aspects about how to buy gold. You know, I have people are asking me all the time, uh, what's the best way to buy gold? Where do I go to buy it? You know, because my newsletter basically covers equities. I follow gold mining companies, silver mining companies. I try to find companies that are selling at low prices uh, that will give investors a good return of their capital as well as on their capital. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess what I'd like to ask you now is where should people start? If, if they're not educated in buying gold and silver, how do they buy it? Where do they buy uh, the bullion? And I, I'm assuming you're suggesting people should buy bullion and hold it in their own, in their own uh, vaults perhaps or what? Well, yes. I mean, physical ownership close to the vest is the only real way to do it. Uh, I'm not wild about shipping it overseas. I'm not wild about buying certificates from a different country. What I like on gold is this, and here's what here's what we do at Resource Consultants that no one else in the industry does. In that's the key to education. Okay, mm-hmm. education. What I'm talking about education is this: is we categorize in my newsletter. My newsletter is really educational on how to do what mm-hmm. you're looking mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. and I want people educated before they acquire it. We categorize the precious metals, both gold and silver. Category one is insurance. It's bullion or bullion-related uh, bars or coins in gold or silver that have a very small premium over the spot price. So that particular bar or coin in a bullion aspect, if gold goes up a buck, it's worth a buck more. If gold goes down a buck, it's worth a buck less. And that's your pure insurance play, both in gold and silver, okay? And we point out the items that fit into that. Then we go on to Category 2, and we call Category 2 insurance with a kicker. 
What insurance with a kicker is, is like your older $20 gold pieces that have a very high gold content. But let's say they're lightly circulated. They're not pristine. They're not numismatic. You might call them semi-numismatic, but they don't make them anymore. So the bulk of the purchase for that, Jay, is for the intrinsic value of the gold with a small premium that has a chance to expand that premium because they don't make them anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. But you don't have as much risk as far as that goes because if gold doubles, they probably double. But, you know, as more people come in and they and, they, and it dries up, that premium will increase. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has in the past and it should in the future. Category three, and I point this out to people because a lot of companies in our business call category three you know, your potato and tomato money, and I think they're leading people down the wrong path. That's your higher-grade numismatic coins. Mm -hmm. Your coins are grade 63, MS-64, MS-65, things that could cost two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a coin or several hundred dollars a coin for a silver numismatic. Fine, but I call that speculation. Mm -hmm. Yes, there has been times in the past that they have gone up ten times. They may again. But it's a speculation that they will again. So it's really no different than a real proper way to to, uh, to put together a, a stock portfolio. Have your blue chips, you know, have your mm -hmm. good steady eddy companies. Your core holdings. Then maybe go into some Nasdaqs and you know they're eight bucks and hey, if this company has a biomed product, they might run to twenty, okay? Yeah. And then thirdly, you know, your seventy cent, eighty cent mining shares or you know, uh, you know, penny stocks, whatever, which are real speculations. Yes, you could buy it for seventy cents and all of a sudden, kaboom, they're three bucks. But you know, that's like gambling, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what people that I think people should do is educate themselves because if we get into what I believe four or five thousand dollar gold and you get into I hate to use this word because I'm not a doom and gloomer at all, but Armageddon, okay. Mm -hmm. A $5,000, $20 gold piece, that's an ounce of gold, and a one-ounce American gold eagle or a Canadian maple leaf, they're all going to be worth the same money, Jim. Mm -hmm. They're all going to be worth the same money. In the bullion coins, Pat, you mentioned uh, uh, premiums. I believe that there, there have been some reports, at least, of coin dealers like yourself or others that have had shortages of bullion, a difficulty of actually getting the product. Have you experienced that? And if so, do you see a premium over the price that we're, that's quoted every day uh, in well, the Well, that's, that's part of the education that people really need to be educated on. First of all, premiums have always been there. We'll get, I'll try to quickly explain that uh, after what, I, what I'm going to say is this. is Last year... In probably May or June, when when the first wave of bank failures was coming over everybody, everybody's taking money out of their money markets and and their savings accounts and slamming it into gold so fast that nobody in the business was prepared. Uh -huh. The mints, the Canadian mint, the U.S. mint, no one, private mints weren't prepared for the onslaught of the demand. Premiums started to go up. Premiums go up mostly because the bids go up because you know the people like us are going, hey, I'm going to give you some more money just to sell it to us. Nobody's selling a thing. Everybody's buying it. There were six, seven, eight-week delivery delays on th some things at the peak in early fall of, of last year. Now, the Canadian Mint, all the mints now have, have really caught up, and they had to gear up. They had to build infrastructure. So it's not as bad now, but you do pay a premium. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at a premium, uh, we can explain that when we come back from the break, yeah. how premiums are and why no one buys it at spot. Well, it's, it's certainly true, uh, Pat, that uh, there is a, a desire to buy gold and silver like I haven't seen, at least since the 1970s, the late 70s and early 80s. So uh, when we do come back, I want to ask you uh, some more about the practical aspects, how people can buy 
uh, gold bullion, gold, silver bullion, and also some other investments in the gold and silver arena, if you don't mind. So uh, uh, we'll be back, uh, folks, in a, in a few minutes uh, with Pat Gorman. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to jtaylor at miningstocks.com. That's the website for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm here with Pat Gorman. Pat, before the break, we were talking about premiums. Uh, premium prices for spot gold and silver, uh, and you mentioned that there is a premium that, that exists yet. Uh, we want to k- pick that up and talk some more about that. But first, I'd like to ask you, you have your own radio show. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? And uh, perhaps- Well, I live, I live in the Phoenix, Arizona area, Jay, as you know, and I have the longest-running financial show in Phoenix. You, you, folks, you can go to kfnn.com, kfnn.com, and look for Hard Money Watch. You can look at it up in the archives, or we are live and take call-ins in the whole nine yards and from 10 a.m. 
to 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can also go to our website, buysilvernow.com. Or if you'd like an information pack or a, or a free newsletter or whatever, you, you learn anything about, about what we're doing at Resource Consultants and Helping People, give us a call at 800 494-4149-800-494-4149. Now, let's get back to the premiums. There's always been premiums on gold type things, okay? Because the spot price of gold, folks, is no different than the spot price of corn, soybeans, or whatever. So if Jay and I were up in northern Arizona with pickaxes and we go to the refinery with our bucket of ore, they're going to give a spot price, okay? Then you take the ore and you develop the ore into pure gold. Then you make what's called planchets, blanks. And then you take the planchets and you send them to the mints. And the mint hires hub cutters, which make the dyes, which, you know, that's very, very uh, intensive work and very skilled work. And then they make coins. And then they go to seven major worldwide distributors, and that's who we're called market makers. That's who we deal with, okay? So if you're only paying 5 6 7% over spot, that ain't much. Mm-hmm. That's not much premium for all the work that's been done to get sure. it to the end user. So, but those premiums have been going up simply because you know, Short anything will go up when you've got when you've got something that a hundred people want and there's only enough for two. Right. So those, but you were indicating earlier that some of those shortages, uh, uh, bottlenecks have been uh, are being reduced now. Clearly, as the market works its magic, as 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 uh, profits are there, the supply comes on stream. Is that that's well? That, that's that's part of it. Another yeah. part of it, the Canadian Mint made their own planchet or bought their own planchet machine. That doesn't happen. You don't order it on Monday, and get it on Friday. An eight and a half million dollar machine. Yeah. The U.S. Mint is only minting one ounce gold eagles, one ounce silver eagles. No fractionals, no platinum, just to keep up with current demand. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And uh, uh, Pat, I want to uh, switch topics here a little bit. One of the concerns that I've had, a lot of people have had, because of our history, you mentioned history earlier. In the 1930s, of course, uh, President Roosevelt made it illegal to own gold. In fact, uh, I think that a law was passed that made it punishable by 10 years in jail and $10,000 uh, fine or something like that. Right. Um, do you see that as a possibility for the future again? Is this something that people should be concerned about? Absolutely not. And let me explain this to you, Jay, because I'm going to try to do it as quickly as I can because I know we're limited on time. Folks, you know, I'm going to get to the end of my story instead of go through the whole thing. In 1933, we were on a gold standard. 98%, because I'm going to, at the end of this, you're going to know what you really should be concerned of getting confiscated. 98% or more of the American people dealt in gold. Even if you had a $5 bill, it was backed by gold. You could turn it into gold. Many people that didn't have, didn't work with paper currency worked for a buck a day. At the end of the week, they got a $5 gold piece, okay? So, in, what is a depression? 1933 was the peak of the depression. What's a depression? Lack of liquidity. How could the U.S. government at that time increase liquidity quickly. They called in gold and paid the people for mm-hmm. it. So it wasn't like so many jackboots and helmets went to every door, okay? Mm-hmm. In order for them to print more money. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not advocating that it was right. Yeah. I'm saying what happened, yeah. okay? So in you know into to to go with the part about the fine, they figure even the government figures figure that only about forty percent of the gold was ever turned in. No one was ever arrested. No one was ever fined. But it created enough money right away to create the TVA project, the Hoover Dam, Pacific Northwest project, and just like any other socialistic project that they were, and the government spending, they were temporary employment for hundreds of thousands of men, mm-hmm. which you can fast forward to now. Which yes, is doing indeed today. However, folks, and you probably already heard this a few months back today. 
Only 2 or 3% of the American people own physical gold. So this is really a big asset that's out there. We're not on a gold standard. I mean, I'm more afraid of confiscating my trees. They need more paper, okay? <laughs> but the reality, Jay, is 98% of the American public has kehos, 401Ks, IRAs, SEPs, retirement accounts, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And what have they been talking about taking over because Americans are too stupid to take care of it themselves? Yeah. I'm more afraid of them confiscating my stock accounts and my IRA yeah. accounts because that's where the influx of the money we live with today yeah. is, not gold. So I guess that's another argument, Pat, then in terms of having a portion of your portfolio, perhaps a larger portion than even I was thinking in terms of gold bullion rather, oh, than, rather than stocks. Uh, but but switching uh, to stocks for a minute, you know, I I invest in gold mining companies, and I really believe right now we're in a very bullish period of time for gold mining companies because we're seeing the cost of producing gold go down actually as the price of gold goes up. The margins for gold mining companies are very very good. Recently, we just had some earnings reports from Newmont and from Gold Corp. Very strong earnings report in Q4 of 08, which I expected because of these dynamics. I mentioned earlier that. An ounce of gold will buy three times more uh, oil than it would have bought last September. Twice as much copper, twice as much uh, of the Rogers Raw Materials Fund. So um, uh, just get your ideas in terms of, because there are other ways besides gold. Gold mining well, there's, companies. There's, there's, can, there's absolutely no question about that. I mean, uh, as you know, uh, I'm chairman of the board of a mining company. I'm the board of directors of a couple other mining companies. We work very hard, and you're absolutely right. Things are going pretty good right now and I, I agree with you that that is very bullish but it's hard for me Jay at the end of the story at the end of the game instead of talking about mining companies and we were only talking about the US dollar and paper assets we both believe eventually paper assets may evaporate in this country the dollar may evaporate the dollar could, has, is suspect to go to lose a lot more value yes or no oh absolutely I so think paper is paper is paper the thing folks that you need to do is you need to take Jay's advice and you need to enter these companies and let them perform like like Jay knows how they can perform. And then you start taking profits from those those mm -hmm. paper assets, mm -hmm. and you lock in the profits with physical gold. I call it I call it acquiring free gold throughout your lifetime. You know, don't get married totally to paper. Yeah. You know, one of the things in my own portfolio for years, years and years, because my my daddy taught me this back when we couldn't even own gold unless they're old twenty dollar gold pieces in the sixties is that basically try to try to manipulate your portfolio so that at the end of the game everything you own in your stock portfolio is free. Mm -hmm. So if I bought 10,000 shares of a dollar stock and it went to $3, I'm going to sell enough shares so that whatever's left is free. So then have fun with life, okay? Don't don't put your life savings folks into things that could go down, you know, but but use the knowledge that people like Jay Taylor, Roger Wiegand, uh, Richard Mayberry, uh, I have to say myself, are willing to teach you because, believe it or not, we are different than most people in this industry. We care about people. We care about educating people, and that's really the main portion of what needs to happen. Well, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Pat. You know, we, what this program is really about is... Uh, trying to understand really what's going on in the economy because the mainstream isn't giving it to us straight. I think that's clear. 
Uh, getting back to gold investments, as I mentioned, gold mining shares, gold bullion. Mm-hmm. There are other forms, too, ETFs. There's some gold ETFs. What do you think about them? I don't like them at all. You know, the reality, folks, <laughs> of ETFs is, first of all, there's so many things. Let's, let's just take one ETF, and I don't mind mentioning the name, GLD, okay? Mm-hmm. Read the perspectives of anything you do on an ETF or any other mutual fund. I know for years you hadn't, and now you're telling, telling us all that, well, you know, I didn't read the perspectives, and I got my head handed to me. In the GLD prospectus, it's run by three firms. Two out of the three firms never have to be audited. What gold is on hand never has to be audited. That's number two. Number three is that if the amount of paper money that went into the GLD fund, if they actually bought that much physical gold, we'd already be at $5,000 gold. Okay? Same with the silver. And the reality is last year when this paper market, remember we're talking about demand? People didn't know, a lot of people didn't even know there was demand, physical demand, because what was happening is the paper market was getting slammed. Mm. From what? Naked shorts? Right. All the abilities that these types of funds have. And also people have to remember that ETF are called funds. But they will, they never have long-term capital gains treatment. Uh-huh. All ETFs, whether you own them a, a week or 10 years, is straight income. Okay, Pat, which leads me to ask you another question. Central Fund of Canada, which our good friend Ian McAvity is involved with, is trades on the American Stock Exchange or the New York Exchange. Right. Uh, uh, and it actually, I think, does have favorable tax treatment. There, That fund actually does own gold and silver, and it is audited on a regular basis. Oh, Do you absolutely. know anything about I know everything you want to know about CEF, Central Fund of Canada, because there's not much to know. If you want to play paper gold, there's no better thing in the world because CEF in their fund, closed-in mutual fund, Jay has physical gold, physical silver, and cash on hand for redemptions or to, to be investing more physical gold and physical silver. They're not allowed to do any paper transactions. Right. No options, no shorting, no long, no nothing. That's all they can do. It doesn't get any better than that. So that might be one way to go to stay with paper gold. As a matter of fact, it's what I do with my own IRA. I take profits from the stocks when I make them and buy CEF, which Absolutely. is buying actually as close as you can get to actually owning gold and silver uh, through the paper mechanism, I would say. Oh, you know, in your IRA, because you can buy physical gold in your IRA. It can be cumbersome, but you can do it. And it's, you know, if you want to learn, just give us a call. We'll show you how to do that also. But I do recommend CEF uh, quite strongly. One more, th- uh, one more alternative would be uh, uh, James Turk's gold money, which trades uh, you can buy on the Internet. Do you have any, any idea or any thoughts about that? Um, I do have thoughts. I do have feelings about that. And uh, I think James Turk is an outstanding human being. And because he's an outstanding human being, like whether it's CEF, ETFs, physical gold, mining stocks, whatever the case may be, please read everything carefully, if you would. That's all I would say about that. Well, thank you, Pat. You know, we have just a couple more seconds left here uh, in this segment, and I would just like to uh, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for I having would, me. I would also like you to say, you know, tell our listeners once again uh, how they can get in touch with you, how they can learn to know more about your, your products, uh, sure. your newsletter, and so forth. Could you just tell them? Resource Consultants, 800-494-4149, or go to our website, buysilvernow.com, buysilvernow, all one word, dot com. Or listen to our show on the Internet at KFNN.com. It's called Hard Money Watch. And just remember, 
my motto's been the same forever. Prepare for the worst and expect the best. Get up every morning. It's your choice whether you have a good day or not. No one else's choice. So if you educate yourself with what Jay's doing and the people out there that truly care about Americans, then you will be okay. Don't worry about things. Thank you so much, Pat, for your time and uh, for sharing with our uh, with our listeners. Thank you, Jay. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Business Owners Speak fills a long-neglected niche in the national media coverage of American business. The myriad of challenges and opportunities facing small business owners and entrepreneurs are addressed at ground level in a positive, business-like manner. We face the realities of meeting payroll and being completely dependent upon the success of a business for which we alone are responsible. So loosen your tie, business owner, bring along your own experiences, and log on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to jtaylor at miningstocks.com. That's the website for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and uh, this is the time that we have Roger Wiegand on with us. Uh, sometimes we have Chen Lin 
as well, our representative from China who provides some insights into the Chinese market. Chen is not with us today, but we are going to be uh, passing on some of Chen's ideas about what is going on in China. But uh, before we get to that, uh, Roger, welcome. Good to be here. Hey, uh, Roger, so what you're going to do for us uh, on a regular basis, I understand, is provide a chart of the week uh, for our listeners. Uh, what do you got? What, do you, what, do you, what looks interesting to you this week? Well, our chart of the week this week is the Reuters Jeffries CRB index. That's a commodities index. And uh, it took a terrible drop when oil went down uh, last year at the end of the year, but it's based uh, near the bottom and is starting to come back again. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at a long-term chart here, Roger, and we were up well over, what, over 550, I mean 450, up, up close to 500 at one point in time, and then down to 200 or something like that. Is that the kind of, the kind of swing that we've had in the CRB? That's, that's pretty much it. It looks like a waterfall crashing dive, but uh, everything does find a base when it gets oversold, and we're at that particular point now, and it looks like we're going to start to curl up and go the other way. So do you see 200? Where are we? About 225 on the CRB now, something like that. Uh, we're 226 yesterday, probably a little less today. And uh, uh, the next big uh, points of resistance for us that I look that I see where we can go, the primary price would be 275 on the index. That's old old support and resistance. Mm-hmm. And once we get through that, I think we're back up above uh, 325, around 330, 330. <clears throat> Three. One, of the, one of the things you can do to, to really determine how much these things are going to come back, if you can gauge the market on the fundamentals first, which you do regularly, uh, the next thing you can do is take your high and low and add them together and divide by two. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, you're looking at uh, at about 335. 335 from yeah. 225. So that would be a pretty good run up, actually, wouldn't it? It sure would from what we've got. But boy, when you look at it from its peak, uh, it would seem to me we got a long time and a lot of a lot of work to do before we get back to anything like we saw before the Lehman Brothers collapse last September. Would you agree? I would certainly agree with that. the The primary problems we had with this thing, Jay, was credit. Of course, uh, when credit froze up, uh, everything stopped. Uh, a lot of commodities like gold and silver that were in good shape last year uh, were sold off to pay for problems in other markets. That was one of the first problems we had. The other primary driver of the CRB is crude oil. And crude oil being at 147 and then going all the way down to 3334, you can understand why that uh, index fell so hard. So the index weighted in favor of of crude products? It's about 50% crude, and there's about seven or eight other commodities that are within the index itself. But because crude is so heavily weighted, it pretty much drags the price around where it wants to go. Well, Roger, we're in a global recession right now. I think that's uh, that's clear. Uh, you know, we're seeing the U.S. GDP contract by what six percent last quarter, something like that. The uh, the IMF is predicting a global decline of I think closer to one point six or one point eight percent. It's hard for me to see how we could get any lasting rise in commodity prices if that is really what's going on. Of course, the markets are forward-looking, aren't they? So if we start to see some real rise in the markets, it might be portending a future, better future for the global economy? Well, it, it will to a certain degree, but uh, we, we took such a smash and so many, bad, so many bad things have happened, especially with the availability of credit. 
mm-hmm. some of these markets that were literally destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're in a hybrid market as far as the CRB is concerned, and by that I mean I think crude oil will go back roughly to half the distance like we just mentioned first, and then secondarily you're going to see gold and silver, and I think the grains, uh, the foodstuffs, are going to be coming back because there's been terrible drought throughout the world, and uh, a lot of people are not acknowledging it yet, but uh, the, the weather is looking very bad. There's not enough grain in the bins right now, and the shortages, to, to me, look like something really bad could happen this year, especially if we miss some, on some crops. Roger, back to oil. You said it could it could make up half its losses. It was at 140. It went to 33 or something like that. So yeah, what are you talking was, uh, about? Yeah, it was 33, 34 on the bottom. It was 147 on the high. The, uh, later on, the traders acknowledged they were trading it and pushing it up to, uh, to those those heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, 80 is probably where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldman Sachs and some other institutions have told us in their reports that they're looking for 80 probably in the third or fourth quarter of this year. Is this a trade you might do at uh, Trader Tracks with your with your well, publication? Well, we've got it in there now. We've got a, a trade in there called uh, USO which is an ETF for oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we opened it up in our letter, and uh, so far it's done exceedingly well. So you're making money on that trade at this yes, point in yes, time. Yes, we are, and we, and we still recommend it. We like it. Well, you know, uh, listeners can call my office, uh, Claudio Bossi, my assistant, uh, at 718-457-1426, at 718-457-1426, to sign up for Roger's um, newsletter, and they can get a sample a copy as well, but they can also go to our website at webeatthestreet.com to learn more about it. Roger, before you and I uh, started talking here on the air, we talked earlier today about uh, some of Chen Lin's views. Chen, you know, is not very bullish on things going on in China. He mentions that there is an enormous amount of uh, seemingly hoarding that's going on with iron ore. There's a hoarding of, of base metals. Chen says that basically what's happening in China is only the government funded sectors are doing well, that the private sectors are not able to borrow money. So the the real economy, the real free market economy, to the extent it exists in China, is not really doing very well. And he sees a hoarding, uh, a building up of supplies in the base metals. And so he's kind of bearish about the base metals, but you're saying you see the CRB could possibly go up to another 100 points or so. Well, again, it, it, some will go up and some can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the base metal sector, as as uh, as a one group, we feel are going to be suppressed. Uh, like Chen was saying, uh, let me give one example. Uh, China ran down their pile of iron ore. They had paid a, a very high prices for it, mm-hmm. and they're very good traders. They're smart. And what they did was they waited for the recession to kick in, knock the prices down, and then they took uh, some cash. I believe American Treasury bonds, and they spent 19.5 billion dollars uh, buying uh, shares in Rio Tinto, mm-hmm. their primary iron ore supplier in Australia. Mm-hmm. Now, what this did was three different good things for China. Uh, it gave them a seat on the board of Rio Tinto. It gave them a 20% interest in the company. It uh, gave them an opportunity to shed some of these. Uh, paper instruments from the United States that have been falling in value. Mm-hmm. And most of all, then, when, when the price came down, they because they were a part owner of the company they were negotiating with, they ended up negotiating a new iron ore contract and cutting the price 60%. Well, I think that's very interesting, Roger. You know, we were I was talking to another 
financial guy earlier in the day, and he talked. We were talking about how the U.S. policymakers are suppressing the price of the interest rates on the long Treasury bills. And this person acknowledged that probably they could continue to do that. They can probably continue to push down the interest rates by buying the long end of the yield curve. However, what that's going to mean is that the rest of the world is going to run away from the dollar, and they're going to be buying things like like uh, tangibles. And maybe that's what China's doing now. In essence, they're saying they're trading in their T-bills because they're not getting rewarded for the T-bills. They see a currency that's in shambles that's going to go to heck in a handbasket. And so what they're doing is trading that paper in exchange for real tangibles. And so maybe though, you know, maybe that iron ore that's sitting in the ships and in warehouses isn't, uh, is preferable to them to owning paper money. What do you think? I absolutely agree because hard assets like that have tremendous value. They know that someday down the trail, it may be a couple of years or longer, that they're going to need that iron ore for production for a variety of things within their nation. Right. Well, you know, Roger, we're running out of time here. Uh, we've only got about 30 seconds, so I want to remind our listeners, and, and thanks, Roger, for coming on. We'll look forward to having you next week. I want to remind our listeners that next week we've got uh, our, we got our good friend, um, uh, Dr. Robert McHugh, uh, who writes this excellent newsletter, and he's, he's the fellow that's talking about, uh, and I'm using his words, a cataclysmic, nation-changing event uh, that will correct the bull market that started in 1718. Sounds rather dire, uh, but I, I'm sure you're not going to want to miss Dr. McHugh's views on this, and we're going to examine him and ask him why he takes such a, a radical view of the future. Until next week, goodbye, and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.